Welcome to Wanja City. My name is Wanja City. You are now on board a rebuilding tour series through the memoirs of Nehemiah, a book in the Bible. Welcome to the home of the Eutatians, where we have more than audacity. We are Wanja City. This is the seventh episode of the rebuilding tour series. We will consider chapters 7 and 8 of Nehemiah. Welcome. In the last episode titled Completion, we left off on a happy note as the wall was completed by the end of chapter 6. This we saw was no mean feat. It is a great accomplishment to complete a project, whether it's a school, work or home project. There is great joy in completion. When it comes to big building projects such as a home or in the case of Nehemiah and his people rebuilding the broken down wall, you can only imagine the magnitude of delight. After all the threats, the stress, the worries, the costs and resources and labor, the wall is up and the relief is great. This we see in those building reality shows I have mentioned severally that I enjoy watching. Once the house has been restored, fixed up or built, it is now time to move in, to occupy, to settle. New pools need to be swam in, kitchens get to cooking, rooms to be lived in and so on and so forth. It's time for the homeowners to settle in. In real life too, such is the case. Now, unlike the reality shows on screen, our viewership does not end with a reveal of the completed project. In chapter 7, it is after the wall has been rebuilt and the walls have been set in place that we start. Nehemiah puts in place Hanani or Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, in charge of Jerusalem. Verse 2 further tells us that uh, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most men do. Isn't that something? Wouldn't it be great to have people in charge of towns, cities, nations like that? Men and women of integrity, people who fear God. Nehemiah goes to say that he instructed them not to open the gates of Jerusalem until the sun was hot. The gatekeepers were to shut doors and bar them. They were also to appoint residents as guards some at their posts and some near their own houses. So what do we see here? Those gates and doors and the walls are guarded. The safety of the people is key. Hence, the instructions to the gatekeepers and guards. Because, just because you have accomplished the task and completed your project, the danger and the enemy is still out there and happy and very unhappy, ready to attack. Therefore, keep your guard up. Man those gates. Another great teachable moment from Nehemiah. We are then told that the city was large and spacious, but there were very few people in it. Also, the houses had not been rebuilt. That's interesting. Just because the wall was rebuilt didn't mean there was no more work. In fact, as we will learn, the people's houses need some help. Also, the people were few in a large city. So what does Governor Nehemiah do next? Registration. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah says God put it in his heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, the common folk for registration according to families. He found the genealogical record of those who had been the first to return. These were people who had come from captivity in Babylon. It's a whole story. Nehemiah lists the numbers of these men of Israel, the priests, the Levites, the singers, gatekeepers, temple servants. You can find those numbers in Nehemiah 7. And particularly verse 61 of Nehemiah 7 tells us that Nehemiah listed those who could not show that their families were descended from Israel. 
Even from among the descendants of the priests, there were those who searched for their family records but could not find them. So they were sadly excluded from the priesthood as being unclean. They couldn't then perform priestly duties or eat any of the most sacred food. Mm, see how important those records were. So Nehemiah lists the number of the whole company and their animals in different animals, you know, cows, donkeys, things like that. Then he says some how some of the heads of the families contributed to the work and how much he as a governor gave to the treasury for the work. At the end of chapter 7, where you can find these records, we see that the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and the rest of the people settle in their own towns. They settle. Before we leave chapter 7, let me mention verse 16, where I found it interesting that a man named Barzillai had married a daughter of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and was called by that name. Do you get it? The man is named Barzillai. He had married a daughter of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and was called by that name. Basically, he adopted the woman's name. Isn't that interesting? Just thought that that was interesting. <laughs> so yeah, let's now move to chapter 8 of Nehemiah, where we meet a man named Ezra who reads the law. Ezra is a prominent Bible character, a priest, a scribe. He has an entire book dedicated to him in the Bible. He had a major role in rebuilding also, enough to fill an entire series really. But for the purposes of this episode, we will focus on his role as presented to us by Nehemiah in his memoir. Now, the seventh month came by and the people had settled in their towns as we left them at the end of chapter 7 of this seventh episode of rebuilding. They assembled as one in the square before the water gate. Yes, this is indeed one of those gates we mentioned in episode 3 of this rebuilding tour that you can catch up on here, right? At Wanja City. Now, there at the water gate, the people told Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. The assembly was made up of men and women and all who are able to understand. Who are these who are able to understand? Do we mean children? Are they not men and women? Anyway, it says, made up of men and women and all who are able to understand. Ezra, the priest, brought the law before this assembly on that day, facing the square before the water gate in the presence of those gathered. And Ezra read aloud that law from daybreak, get this, till noon. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law from daybreak till noon. See, what Ezra did, he was standing on a high wooden platform built for that occasion, specifically for that occasion. So he had his entourage with him on both sides, the men's names are listed. And that enabled all those who had assembled to see him because, you know, he was standing on a platform above them. He then opened the book to read and all the people, it says, all the people stood up. Wow. Ezra began by praising the Lord for his greatness and the people lifted their hands responding amen amen then they bowed down and worshiped the lord with their faces to the ground isn't that some kind of reaction i mean isn't that an ashamed worship and adoration of god hands raised heads bowed to the ground in worship and that was the start now ezra had with him levites whose job it was to instruct the people in the law while the people were standing there they read from the book of the law of God, translating it or making it clear and giving meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Ah, oh, that's a very solid plan. 
Now, whatever was being said to these people must have been very deep. Uh, we are told in verse 9, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Deep. Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the helpful Levites had to tell the people not to mourn or weep because it was a sacred day to the Lord God. In fact, Nehemiah even said to them to go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and share with those who had nothing prepared as it was a sacred, also holy day to the Lord. They were therefore not supposed to be weeping and grieving. He says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You can find this very famous statement or quote in verse 10 of chapter 8. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites had to calm all the people down saying, be still, for this is a sacred day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that they'd had. That was the first day. On the second day of the month, and we've been told it's the seventh month, the heads of all the families, the priests, the Levites, they gathered round Ezra, the scribe, for more words of the law. What they found written in the law from the Lord through Moses, you know, the one that they were reading, is that they had been commanded to live in booths during the festival of the, the feast of the seventh month and that they were to spread or proclaim this word throughout their towns, you know, throughout. And that's what the people did. They went out, brought back branches, built themselves booths on their roofs, in their courtyards, in the courts of God's house, in the square by the water gate, you know, where Ezra was addressing the assembly. And there is another gate of Ephraim. Basically, they built booths like everywhere. Then all the returnees from captivity or from exile built and lived in those booths as was commanded in their law. Apparently, from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, that, <laughs> how do I say this simply? It was a very, very long time. Until then, the Israelites had not celebrated it like that. So you can sense, guess, how much their joy was. It was very great, simply put. So day after day, from that first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law. According to the regulation, they celebrated the feast for seven days and held an assembly on the eighth. This feast of tabernacles, is, as it's called, is recorded in Leviticus chapter 23. You can find it from verse 33 to 44. So I went and read it. And from reading it, I see why Nehemiah and the rest of the people, I mean the priests and Levites, were urging the people on the sacredness of the assembly that first day. And why on the eighth day they were again having what we'd call a closing assembly. How interesting that upon settling down, the people got the scribe and priest Ezra to read the law from the book of the law on that first day of the seventh month, which just so happened to be the exact time the law commanded them to hold the Feast of Booths, as it's also called, Feast of Booths, Feast of Tabernacles, refer to Leviticus 23. And what an interesting start to settling down. I like it. You see, at the beginning of this episode, the wall has been rebuilt. Great. But not the houses and the people. And we are just, the people are just really beginning to settle. Upon settling in their own towns, they began having the assembly to hear from the scribe and the words of the law from daybreak to noon. Remember? How long is that, by the way? Is it like six hours, half a day? Standing attentively listening to the law. Dedication. Then they were so moved, they began to weep. And they have to be calmed down because, as it turns out, it was actually supposed to be the opposite. Not mourning, but celebrating. 
And so they were celebrating on that sacred day and as it turned out our whole week and an eighth day of our closing assembly. Talk about a housewarming party, a week-long housewarming, settling down, moving in, party. I like, I like it. That's the way we're supposed to settle down. I mean, I think that's it. When you move in, have a whole week of party. Have a reading of the law, word of God. I mean, that's where we always start. We praise and thank God and worshiping. Then turn from weeping to celebration. A whole long week. You know, some of you have looked for a house for years. You finally find it. Why should you not celebrate it? It's worth it. That's how a housewarming party should be in my book. Settle in. Have a service to thank and praise God. Then have a party. Why not? And a week-long celebration at that? Mm. Who was it who said the Bible was no fun? Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Rebuilding Tour. Here we found Nehemiah's people settling and doing so in style. It is a celebration after celebration for a solid week. I look forward to the next episode. I hope you do. And you know, whatever exciting things it has in store. Until next episode, right here on Wanja City, stay audacious. Remember, you are like a city on a hill. Your light cannot be hidden, so go forth and shine, even as you rebuild.